Welcome and thanks for listening in. Welcome to the September podcast for Jackson and Peck Financial Group. My name is Daryl Peck, and we're very excited that we have a special guest with us today, Julie Bacon. Julie is the Senior Assistant Director for Financial Aid at Augustana College, located in Rock Island, Illinois. She is a graduate of Augustana College, married to an alum of Augustana, and also the mother of two recent Augustana College grads. She has been a resident of Rock Island for the past 30 years. As you probably guessed from my intro, Julie, our topic of conversation will be funding, college education, types of financial aid, and navigating the process. With college tuition being quite the investment these days, the process can be quite overwhelming for those whom have yet to experience it. We thought educating our listeners and bringing Julie on with some recommendations on the process would be very valuable. Thanks, Julie. Thank you. So let's go to our first question. Let's start with the basics on the FAFSA form. Where does someone start? Online or paper app? Um, only for four-year schools or available to junior college or graduate? Who is eligible to apply? Does it cost anything? What are the deadlines? Well, let's speak a little bit about the FAFSA form. So the, the FAFSA, which stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid, is the universal form colleges and universities use to determine eligibility for federal, state, and institutional grants, federal work study, which is student employment, and federal student loans. The time to file the FAFSA for next academic year is almost here. The FAFSA is available beginning October 1st. So for example, someone who wants to enroll during the 1920 academic year can complete the FAFSA beginning this October 1. A junior who plans on enroll, enrolling during the 2021 academic year won't be able to complete the FAFSA until next October, um, October 1st, 2019. Online application is encouraged and is available at fafsa.gov. If a student does not have online access, he or she could contact the college or university for a paper application. The FAFSA can be completed for all types of schools that participate in Title IV funding, four-year colleges and universities, community colleges, and even technical schools. Students who are U.S. citizens or eligible non-citizens, permanent residents, can complete the FAFSA. The FAFSA is free to file, so if you are being asked to pay a fee, you are on the wrong website. And although technically a student can file the FAFSA anytime between October 1 and June 30th of the end of that academic year, we always encourage filing the FAFSA early. Filing the FAFSA early will help meet any deadlines for state awards and institutional awards. We encourage our students to file early by offering a renewable $750 early filers award if you file by November 1st. Great. So what personal information is needed to complete the FAFSA and how long should it take really to complete it? So any student who completes the FAFSA must provide demographic information such as address, social security number, date of birth, and also income and asset information. Students who are considered dependent for FAFSA purposes also must provide similar information about their parents. And it might take someone who has never completed the FAFSA around 45 minutes to complete the form. Someone who is familiar with the application may take up to 30 minutes to complete. I'd like to encourage uh, students and families to use a tool in the FAFSA called the IRS Data Retrieval Tool. 
This tool allows tax filers to link with the IRS and transfer certain tax fields into the FAFSA. This saves data entry time and ensures accuracy. It's also one of the ways a taxpayer can verify tax information if a student is selected for a process called verification. This tool is found within the application and students and parents should follow the prompts given to them. Great. What type of accounts, and I'm talking about uh, investment accounts, such as a 401k, Roth IRA, 529 college savings plans, would not quote unquote hurt somebody for applying for financial aid? So there are some assets that you don't have to report. These do include Roth IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, KEOG, SEEP, uh, non-education IRAs, and you also should make sure you don't report the value of your primary home. Um, college savings plans, you do have to report on the FAFSA application. So what's expected of the student from his or her assets versus what's expected from the parents? And how is that EFC, the expected family contribution, determined? So the FAFSA formula has what's called an asset protection allowance for parents that is based on the older parent's age and marital status. This means assets up to a certain amount are not used in calculating financial aid eligibility. Whereas the FAFSA formula does not protect any student assets, so it will take 20% of a reported student's assets listed to calculate towards the student's EFC. And that EFC, as you had mentioned, stands for expected family contribution and represents the number that the federal government says the family can pay for college for that student for that year. And the EFC is used to determine eligibility for financial aid and also state and um, institutional aid, for federal aid and state institutional, institutional aid. So this formula looks at a wide range of factors such as income, assets, um, how, many, how much taxes you've paid, how big your household size is, and how many people will be in college that particular year. Okay, so Julie, let's say that a parent walks into your mm -hmm. office who never attended college, or if they did, it was a long time ago, and they were able to pay for tuition out of their own pocket. Their oldest child has been accepted to Augie and plans on attending next fall. Where do they start when it comes to funding tuition through all available options? So the financial aid process can feel overwhelming for many families, particularly families who have never gone through this process before. Our advice to families is complete the FAFSA and complete it early even if you don't think you will qualify for any aid. To begin the admissions process in the early part of the fall, at Augie, decisions about academic scholarships are made through the admissions process. Also, make sure you take advantage of any scholarship opportunities a school provides that requires either additional applications or auditions. You'll also want to connect with your high school guidance counselor about scholarships that might be available in the community. Lots of times a high school guidance counselor will know of a scholarship opportunity that's either provided by an education foundation at the school or within the local community. And you really need to visit. We think that visiting schools that you're interested in are an important part of the college search process. We think it's so important that we offer here at the college a $1,000 uh, renewable campus visit grant. And finally, after you get a financial aid award package, 
talk with the financial aid office to make sure you understand the award and the different options you have to pay any remaining cost after financial aid. Let's talk about grants. Why would they be preferred over any other options such as loans? So grants are definitely the preferred source of aid since these are funds that you do not have to pay back, whereas loans you do have to pay back. Grants come from several different sources. The federal government's main grant is the federal Pell Grant. The state of Illinois has the MAP Grant, but also colleges and universities offer grants to their students um, in addition to these other sources. Typically, grants are based on financial need, meaning students need to demonstrate that they meet the criteria for being awarded a grant. Filing the FAFSA is a part of this process for being considered for a grant, whether the grant comes from the federal or state government or from a college or university. Thanks, Julie. Let's talk about different types of student loans that are available. Uh, let's talk about federal versus private. Uh, Parent Plus programs seem to be in the news as of late. Uh, what about co-signing <clears throat> loans as maybe a parent would for, for their, their uh, future student? And why would one route be better than the other? So first of all, we always recommend borrowing wisely. You should carefully identify what other resources and options you have before turning to loans. That being said, many students need to utilize loans to achieve a college degree. So it is a means to a very important end. There are several different types of loans available to pay for school. These include the federal direct loan, which is a student loan, and the federal government is the lender. Students must complete the FAFSA to take this loan, and there are maximum amounts a student can borrow each year. This loan does not require a cosigner and does not need to be approved. A student does not need to be approved. Regardless of the FAFSA results, any student can take this loan provided the required paperwork is completed. It is recommended that students borrow federal direct loan funds first before turning to other loan options because there are borrower benefits associated with the federal direct loan program. Another student loan is what we refer to as a private student loan. This is a student loan through a bank or credit union that has a student loan program. Traditional age students will generally need a credit-worthy cosigner to take a private student loan. It is very important to do your research into the terms of any private student loan. And finally, parents also can borrow to help pay for their children's education. The loan available to parents is called the Federal Parent Plus Loan. This is a loan in the parent's name and the federal government is the lender. This is always a parent loan. A parent cannot transfer this loan to the student. A parent must be approved and has the option of deferring loan payments until his or her child graduates. That's some great info. Julie, what, what advice do you have for a parent who has a child or multiple children who will be attending college at some point here in the future? Their kids will go to college because that's what you do after high school, right? And, and keep in mind that the parent and their child know very little about student loans, financial aid, interest rates, or any of those debt companies that may hound you for a monthly payment once you finish college. What advice do you have for them? So first of all, it's never too late to start saving. Sometimes I think families think it's an all or nothing proposition. And if they can't save for all of college, why bother saving for any of it? So remember, 
Any amount saved is that much less in loans a student might need to borrow. Also, make sure you support your child in their academic work. Good students are rewarded with good scholarships. And finally, have realistic conversations with your child about costs and how you as a family will pay for college. Well, Julie, here's a, here's a chance for you to promote Augie here. Why a private institution versus a state school or even a junior college where a lot of money, honestly, could be saved going to a junior college? Well, thanks for the chance to talk about Augie. Um, first of all, we always say that you should not rule out a school based on the sticker price. A private college might be more affordable than you think once scholarships and financial aid are determined. And the experience provided can be worth the investment. So here are three compelling reasons to consider Augustana. One, the strong likelihood of students graduating four years. 92% of Augustana graduates completed their degree in four years. And 97% of new graduates are employed, in graduate school or in service like the Peace Corps within six months of graduation. And two, the personal attention students get. Students get the classes they need when they need them, get the right advising, and get personal and caring attention from faculty. Our average class size is 18, and we offer more than 90 majors and minors. And finally, multiple opportunities to be involved. At a bigger school, some opportunities, like fine arts, may be restricted to majors only, whereas at Augustana, you have a wide range of options that are not limited to what type of major you are. 60% of our students travel abroad, and one-third are varsity athletes, so you can explore your passions wherever they lie. So schools like Augustana are more affordable than families might think. I'd encourage students to consider a wide range of options to find their fit. And of course, we hope that they come visit Augustana. Well, Julie, thank you for taking time out of your day to do this with us. We really appreciate it. And thanks for those of you, again, for listening in. And for more information on us, Jackson and Peck Financial Group, any topics we discussed today or to listen to our past podcasts, please visit our website at jacksonpeckfg.com. Christian and Daryl are registered representatives of and offering securities and investment advisory services through Signature Investors, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, and Registered Investment Advisor, Jackson & Peck Financial Group is independent of Signator, located at 121 South Main Street, Kewanee, Illinois, 61443. Julie Bacon and Augustana College are not affiliated with Signator. The information presented by Julie is solely her responsibility and comments made may not necessarily re reflect the opinion of Signator. Representatives of Signator do not provide tax advice. Please consult your tax advisor for such guidance.